last week I started talking about worldviews and about how we think and why we think the way we do think and the way that our world and and uh, the, the things that it's uh, accepted, the things that it looks at and how it looks at the world and how that impacts us uh, has made uh, a difference in our lives personally. So we, uh, we are often believe things, but we often don't know why we believe those things. And so it does affect us. And we've got those from all sorts of different uh, places, whether it's from our parents or from our brothers and sisters, or whether it's in the school playground or whether it's in our college or university or might have picked them up in church, wherever it might be, we have certain things that we, uh, that we believe. Uh, but one of the things that I'm aware of is that as a nation, and particularly our Western world, um, if not around the globe, is certainly we have a crisis of credibility. And, um, and so that, is, that is affects us because we no longer know what truth is. And so we look in all sorts of different ways. There's a crisis of credibility in every area of society. Um, you know, no matter where you look, you'll see it. So, for example, if we see it, there's corruption in politics. There's corruption in business. There's corruption in sports. There's corruption in academics. There's corruption in the church. There's corruption in entertainment. There's corruption everywhere you look. We see that things are decaying, things are going pear-shaped, aren't they? Things are going down the swanee in terms of our moral compass as a nation. And uh, it is important for us to realize that, that when we're seeing a scandal in every area of our nation, that there's major problems. There's major issues that are not being tackled or where... And, and it's good, I think, for us. So this week, I just want you to understand um, why. It's like that, and, and, and more than anything, to understand um, how we can see that in our society. Some of, the, some of the signs that reveal to us that we no longer um, have a moral compass, that, we have, that we're believing um, anything that we want to believe rather than believing the truth. And so, so this, this week, I want to look at that. And then next week, um, I'd like to look at how we can know the truth. Yes, uh, so that's, that's the aim. Yeah, so in other words, the two kind of go together. But, uh, but this week, I just want to um, give a little bit of time on to uh, how we can understand this. And so I've called it truth decay. Uh, in other words, how can we know what is true? And, and that's one of the, the big things that in our lives. How can we know what's true? But I'll look at that more next week. And so this week, I want us to look at Truth decay, the decay, and, and that, I've, that term obviously reflects on tooth decay. Um, so, in other words, when you have tooth decay, actually, by the time you see the decay or feel the decay, it's been going on for a long time. Um, things have been, you know, you've, you've had the infection or you've had, uh, you know, the the. The, the, the disease, the problem, whatever it is, the rot, the sugar is attacking the tooth. Um, and it's been going on for a long time before you actually see the decay. And, uh, and how often that, that's what's been happening in our society. I mean, our society and some of the things that have been going on, I would say of probably certainly my lifetime, uh, probably 50, 60 years at least, 
um, that, uh, that we've been seeing this, this decay in an understanding of, of truth. And, um, and Jesus said this, he said in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And this is important for us to understand that freedom actually comes from knowing and doing the truth. Um, it, it doesn't come from ignoring it. It, it. it doesn't come from abusing it or, or um, going against it. It comes from that. So in other words, the more truth you have in your life, the freer you are going to be. The more you're going to feel free, the more you're going to understand what true freedom is when you have that in. And so obviously, conversely, the more you neglect truth, the more you forfeit truth, the more you are going to see decay in your life. You're going to see things go pear-shaped in your life. So I think that's important for us uh, uh, to, to do that. Amen? So just as tooth decay starts gradually, it's invisible, so truth decaying in our lives personally, in our life, in our family life, in our society, in our community, and in as a nation happens slowly until eventually it's there and it's kind of too late was the cry. And we are there uh, as a nation. We, are, we have gone massively down the swanee, as it were, in terms of our understanding of having a moral compass, having an understanding of God's truth and what he has uh, for us. And so it is important that we, that we understand this. And so although we've gone against uh, things and although as a nation we no longer understand right and wrong, um, not only do we not understand right and wrong or not agree with what's right, actually um, they've turned things around. So that actually what is right is seen as wrong and what was seen as wrong is now seen as right. And this is, is prevalent in our society. And though this truth or this should I say this um, what they what they advocating is called the technical term is postmodernism. it's not a new term it's been a term that's been around for a long a long time but in other words it's gone beyond what was the modern world to postmodernism, which means it's it's gone beyond an understanding of of truth in any way so in other words Postmodernism believes what's true for you is not necessarily true for me. So you might think it's true, but I don't have to believe it. Um, so it's only true if you think it's true for you. Yeah? And, and so it's, it's all a very subjective morality. And uh, so that obviously the basics of it is I can do whatever I want to do. I can do it because I think that's true. It doesn't matter. And so that's what society is, uh, is uh, promoting. And uh, that's the value system of the world that we have. So when, when Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, he didn't say that, um, uh, that you will know a truth and a truth will set you free. He said the truth. In other words, what he was saying is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, truth is a person. Truth comes through Jesus. Truth is all about Jesus. Yes? In other words, it, 
the truth, not our truth, not any truth, not a few truths. It's about Jesus being the truth. And it is the truth that sets you free. It's, it's, that, that's why the truth can set you free. It's not. And um, often I've heard people be very sincere about what they believe, but I want to say to you, just because you are sincere doesn't make what you believe right. Because you can be sincere, but be sincerely wrong. So, for example, let's say uh, we had one of the sockets there, and I believed that it was, there was no electricity in it, that it was dead, and then so I decided to put my fingers in it. If it was still alive, then it wouldn't matter how sincere I was, I would still get a bolt of electricity passing through my body. Yes, and would probably blow me a few paces um, in the, in, in, and, and my hair, I would possibly lose a bit of it. <laughs> it was a do on Watoto, but on Watoto, two pastors at the back of the thing trying to say who's got the most hair. <sighs> How sad is life, yes? So, so it is the truth. In other words, when I said the truth, we're talking about Jesus because something isn't true um, because I say it's true. Something is true because God says it's true. And how can I put it? God, when God speaks truth, it is truth because he speaks it. So in other words, he is the truth and it's what he has to say. It's not that God speaks the truth, but he is the truth. And that's, that's quite a, a, you've got to understand that. That it's not a case of, well, God, God just knows what is true and therefore he speaks it, but he's actually God is the truth. And so he cannot speak anything but the truth. So in other words, whatever he speaks is the truth. Does that make sense? So he can't, he can't be wrong. He can't, he can't say something that's false. It's always true. Now the problem with postmodernism is that they say that there are no absolutes. The problem with saying that there are no absolutes is that that's an absolute statement. So they've made an absolute of saying there are no absolutes. So how can, you know, it's just illogical. It just doesn't make sense um, for them to say that. It's, it's, it's kind of an, what I would call an absolutely stupid statement. <laughs> um, so you can't make an absolute statement about, about something that actually then negates your own argument. Yes, you've, you've just uh, uh, undermined it. But we live in a world of absolutes. There are some things that are absolutely true. If I was to jump off Blackpool Tower, there are some principles of law that are absolutely true. I might believe that the law of gravity does not exist for me, that I can bypass the law of, exam uh, of gravity, but if I was to step off, even if I was to step off this stage, the law of gravity is going to work, and it's always going to work, yes? Because it's an absolute. If I was to go to the pharmacy, and, uh, and, and, and I wanted something for my head, I would want the pharmacy to give me something that's absolutely correct for the problem. I don't want the pharmacy to go, well, I mean, this is really for your foot. But... Possibly, you know, it might work for your head. You never know. You, you see what I mean? Yeah, I think, no, I'm not going to the pharmacy if he's just kind of, yeah. Now, we know that there are some absolutes, yes? And, uh, and we need to operate on that. The world wouldn't operate without these kind of 
um, of things, wouldn't we? We don't want the doctor to give us a prescription and say to you now, um, you know, it doesn't matter what age, just take how many tablets you fancy a day, however often in the day. You kind of think, no, if he says take two tablets three times a day, that's what we want to know. This kind of a thing. Now, the doctor might know, well, actually, he could take three or four tablets four times a day. That's not going to harm him. But actually, for where he here is, this is going to work. This is what, do you know what I'm trying to say? So there, is, there are some things, and there are principles in it. In other words, if NASA shoots a rocket off to the moon, it understands that there are some absolutes. It doesn't want to get near the moon. It wants to hit the moon. It wants to either land on the moon or whatever it was and go around the room. But it, it isn't aiming just aimlessly. It knows that there are laws in the universe that if it applies, and even as it's going there all the time, it will be making corrections for all sorts of different things. So in that, and that's our life. Is often we can know something, we think we're aiming for this, but God is saying to us, that's what I want you to aim for, that's, that's the truth in your life. But often we just need little corrections on the path, don't we? We need little things that are going to come in, so we come back to true north, as it were. We come back to the compass of God's uh, world. I mean, another thing that's an absolute, for example, is, is traffic lights. If you're going to, you know, if, if you've got a red traffic light, traffic, tra red traffic light, if, for example we say to us, well, I can choose whether to stop at a red traffic light. You know, it doesn't always apply. It just might apply for you, but not for me. We would have chaos, wouldn't we? So in other words, a red traffic light, for all of us, we all know that if we don't stop at a red light, we have broken the law. There is an absolute, yes? It's not a kind of whether it's right for you or... Uh, in other words, we understand intrinsically that there are some things that are right and some things that are wrong, yes? So, for example, if I was to go out, um, let's say I was to play a game with Kath. Say, uh, 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 say Scrabble. And, uh, and, uh, and, we're, and we're in there, and I use the word something like Bobby Dazzler. And she says to me, you can't use that, yeah, but that gets me 47 or whatever points, and I can win the game with that one. And she says, but that's, that's not a real word. So I said to her, oh, no, it is a real word. It's a real word for me. I mean, I use the word, so it must be a real word, you see. Um, and so Kath says, no, it isn't. Let's go to the dictionary. Let's look in the dictionary. What if it's not in the dictionary? It's not a word you can use. Is that right? So in other words, there are some things that are right. We understand. We understand when we're watching a game of football, we understand that there has to be some rules. There has to be some right and there has some wrong, aren't there? Yes? And we, we intrinsically understand uh, some of these things. And so it's important for us to understand that, that we all the time are looking for something to put our standard of life against, something particularly that's uh, objective that we can appeal to. You can appeal to, I can appeal to, hence the reason for having judges in, in, in law courts and, and, and things. Yes? Um, but unfortunately today, we value tolerance more than we do truth. Tolerance is the supreme value in our culture. That's what our culture values, that's what it preaches, that's what it communicates, and it communicates it through as many mediums as it possibly can do. Yes, it's the one that it sees as the most important. So, if you are truthful then you are considered intolerant. How dare you say something 
is always right and something is always wrong. If you were to do that, you are seen as being judgmental. We've even redefined the word tolerance as we're in a culture of redefining words. Have you noticed that words that they used to be, we now redefine them and by doing that. So tolerance used to mean we may totally disagree with each other, but we will treat each other in a good way. We will honor one another. We will recognize that we're both made in the image of God and we're special to God. We value the other person even if we were to disagree with them. That's tolerance. Yes? Oh, that's the, I, I was our understanding of it. Yeah? So, but now tolerance actually means all ideas are equally valid. All ideas are equally valid. Well, you and I know that's absolute nonsense, isn't it? Absolutely crazy to think that all ideas are valid. So, for example, one person has the idea that the moon is made out of rock and someone else has the idea that the moon is made out of Swiss cheese. They're two ideas, but they're not valid. They're not both equally valid, are they, of it? Or so, for example, we might, one person might say, well, the sun revolves around the earth, and someone else says the earth revolves around the sun. Two ideas, but they're not equally valid, are they? Yes? Um, or, for example, one person says the earth is flat, and someone else says the earth is round. Two ideas, but they're not equally valid. Yes? And so we find that a lot of things in life are absolutely true. Yes? Whether you acknowledge them or not, they're absolutely true. I remember hearing about a guy who believed he was dead. And it didn't matter what the doctors did to try to convince him that he wasn't dead. And, um, and so they got him to reading all sorts of, uh, of, of medical books to understand uh, things. So what they did was is they tried to convince him that dead men don't bleed. And so they gave him all these uh, medical manuals and that. And so in the end, he, he got to and he said, yep, you're absolutely right. Dead men don't bleed. And upon that confession, they then pricked him with a needle and blood came out. And he went, oh, look, dead men do bleed. <laughs> in other words, it didn't matter what the facts said. He was not going to be changed in the way that he thought. And so it's important to us to understand that. Now, we've got to understand that truth is not something that we make up. If something's true, it is something that's discovered, but it's not something that's new. It might be new to you, and it might be new to me. So, for example, DNA. DNA's always been there, but now we've discovered it. Yes? So it's not, it's not like we've discovered a, a new um, a, a new truth. Well, we have discovered a new truth, so, but we haven't made it. Yeah? It's not the DNA. We can, oh, now we have, we have made a new truth. It's not that. God knew it all along. Yes? <coughs> and so it's important. Well, so, let's use another example. Let's imagine that you are in an accident, car accident, and you've been thrown out of the car, and you're bleeding to death at the side of the road. Just imagine it for a moment. And I come up and I'm passing by, just sauntering, as you do, it's a car accident. And I just say to you, you're bleeding, you need a doctor. And your response, of course, in a postmodern way was, 
That might be true for you, but it's not true for me. I don't need a doctor. So in other words, the truth is they need a doctor. But actually, in this world's mind, they would say, but no, I don't think I do need a doctor. And that's what I'm trying to say. There are some things that are absolutely true, yes? And we've got to understand that, yes, that, it, that, that, that we are doing that. So um, it's important. And so there are some signs I want to look at, at truth decay. And the first sign of truth decay uh, on your handout is immaturity. Immaturity happens all the time when we give up on truth and we value tolerance more than truth. Our society is getting more and more immature. You can see it on television. You can see it in Parliament. I mean, you do, I mean we obviously, we have TV now. We can see in Parliament, and we can see them, uh, the way that they, they, they respond to one another, and the total and the unbelievable immaturity that's happening in that. You see, immaturity doesn't take responsibility. And we've seen that with the Brexit, haven't we? They've had a mandate, and so they've decided that they're going to argue about it until the cows come home, yes? Now, right or wrong, whether you agree with, with coming out or not, that's not the point. The point is, is that they can't agree. There's, 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 uh, they're not going to take responsibility. Now, we see this most prevalent in children. When our children, when, uh, obviously from being babies and, and, and toddlers, we see them around... They just do what they want to do, don't they? And so as parents, you're constantly trying to guide them. And as a parent, your goal in life is that they would grow up and know right from wrong. We want them to be wise. We want them to be able to, when they grow up, to make decisions for themselves to know what are the good things that they should be doing. What are the things that should be avoiding? That's what parenting is about. It's not about being their best friend. Yeah? It's not about being pally with them. It's not... Now, you want to be their best friend. You want to be pally with them. But what I'm saying is the goal is that they would be a mature people, that they would be able to, uh, to, to live in life and be able to make decisions for themselves. And so, unfortunately, when there's no standard of right or wrong, we act in irresponsible ways. I can act, in other words, if there's no sense of right and wrong, I can do what I want to do. Yes, I can do what pleases myself. And what's really good is I can always blame somebody else. So it's your fault, of course. It's never my it's Kat's fault. No, never my fault. It's, do you know what I'm trying to say? We, we, we pass the blame. We don't take responsibility. Yes? It's like George often says, uh, saying, he says that uh, says, I'm a responsible person. If anything goes wrong, he's responsible. <laughs> so, so it's a fact. Ephesians 4 and verse 14 says this. Let us be no longer like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe. Because someone else has told us something different or has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. How often do teenagers change their mind? Even getting dressed, the, 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 there's so much change. Where's the most chaos? In a nursery. <laughs> I don't know how they, they cope with that. Yes. Um, there's, there's just things. And unfortunately, nursery rooms don't tidy themselves up. When you've got little toddlers, and 
you can say to them, tidy your room, but they don't tidy the room, do they? They just, you know, that for tidying for them might just be kind of no play. More doing it, you know. So in other words, they don't understand that. As they grow up, you want them to take on responsibility and to tidy their room or whatever. They're not here today, either of my two daughters, so I'm still hoping that they will learn that one. But there you go. <laughs> Let's hope this is not being recorded, of course. Proverbs 29 and verse 18 says this. A nation without God's guidance is a nation without order. Why? Because we act immaturity. The ability to know between right and wrong is a mark of maturity. That's what our parents want for us. That's what we want for our children. So I want to ask yourself a question with regard to this. When do you act selfishly? Or when do you act childishly? When do you act immaturely? In what areas of your life do you blame someone else for? In other words, you're as happy as you choose to be. Yes, it's not someone else. Yeah? Good question for you for you to connect with. Secondly, immorality is a mark of truth decay. That's your second point. Immorality. So when we say immorality, we usually think of sex. But actually, morality covers far more than that in, in, in our world. Immorality just means no morals. That's what it means. Yeah? So in other words, it means I can do whatever I want to do. Anything goes um, when we've done away with, uh, with, with truth. Judges says this, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So there was chaos in the time of the book of Judges. There was chaos because everybody just did what they fancied doing, and so they needed someone to help them, and they needed to know right from wrong. When <clears throat> there's no truth, we get preoccupied with self. We become self-obsessed. We become wanting to know what's what, uh, how, how it works for us. It's about my pleasures. It's about my goals. It's about uh, my desires. And, uh, and so we don't really care about anything else once we, um, uh, we decay in our truth. What we have, Ephesians 4.19 says, they don't care anymore about right and wrong, and they've given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. In other words, they're saying, I don't care what God says. I don't care what he thinks about this. And so the difficulty, and this is why immorality becomes more prevalent the more that there is a truth decay, is that once you do something, let's say, for example, um, you were to steal something today, and it being the first time you've ever stolen something, you would feel bad about it. You would, you would feel kind of thinking to yourself, I don't, you know, I know that's bad, I shouldn't have done it. But if you do it again, it gets a bit easier. And do it again, it gets a bit easier. In other words, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And so in other words, that's why there's a decay uh, in, in our morals is because we, we do things and society feels bad about it. It felt bad about some of the things that were happening 50, 60 years ago. But now it has so gone on and become so prevalent that now actually people take it for granted. They don't even think there's anything wrong with it. It's like, 
you know, well, what's wrong with that? And so that is one of the, the big issues for us. So the more immoral um, the, a society becomes, the more, um, uh, the more decay in, in what we do. One of the things that I've noticed is that, uh, that actually one of the ways that we decay morals uh, is through our media, particularly if you watch TV um, or you watch comedians, you watch things, we make fun of the truth. And so they, they make fun of it. So in other words, what they, what they see is, and so it, it becomes acceptable because it, they get us laughing at it. And the more we laugh at it, then um, they think, oh, well, it's going to be okay. Proverbs 14 and verse 9 says, the stupid ridicule right and wrong. The other thing that you start to do is we start to rationalize things. You know what rationalize means, don't you? We, we tell rational lies. Yes, we rationalize the excuses that we have, the things that are going on in our life. So we've got to stop making up excuses because that's what we do. We make up excuses to rationalize what we're doing, to, to, to make what we're doing okay. And we do that all the time. So I want you to ask yourself a question on this point. What am I trying to rationalize? What am I trying to say is okay in my lifestyle? What is okay that I know that actually is not right, but I'm trying to make excuses for it to be right to, so that I don't have to change? I don't know what that is. Maybe you're saying I'm too busy to exercise. Maybe you're saying I'm too busy to spend time with the family. Maybe you're saying, um, you know, I'm too busy and I've got better things to do than to go to connect groups. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I've got things that I'd rather do than, than be in uh, serving the church. I don't know what it might be. There's any number of things that we can, uh, that we can rationalize away that, uh, that we decide what is true for us, um, but uh, uh, is different to maybe what is true for others. A third big one is unreality. Unreality is a sign of truth decay in a society, in a business, and in our own life. Yes, in other words, we don't just believe, when we stop believing the truth, we will believe anything. And it's one of the things that fascinates me is that when people don't believe in, in Christianity, it's not that they believe nothing, but they'll believe anything. Absolutely anything will go. They just We just get gullible to every little thing that is happening in our life. Um, you know, we, we've all met people that put their faith in a crystal ball or they're in the horoscope or, you know, some, some rock or something or other that they're putting, their, they're putting their faith in. And you think to yourself, how wacky is that? You know, I, I would need more faith to believe in something like that than they do. But So it's not a case of that they, will, that they, don't, that they believe nothing. They'll believe anything that there is. So the kind of things that they'll do but rather than trust in Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 12 says this. Since they refused to trust truth, they've vanished to their chosen world of lies and illusions. A world of illusions. That's what happens when truth goes, when we don't know right from wrong, when we don't know reality, we don't know what we should be doing or, and shouldn't be doing. And so... Our, our, our world gets involved with illusions. It, it no longer 
wants to live in reality and it, it, and it, and it thinks that, uh, that that's the, the way uh, to go. So, in other words, we often get il have illusions that actually make us to feel secure. Um, we think that if we live in a false world, in you know, this is why people uh, will go to the movies or or, or um, watch loads of television or whatever. I'm not saying if you go to the movies, it's wrong, but I'm just saying that we can end up going on things. Why? Because we're trying to live in a false world. We're trying to do away. We're not wanting to live in reality. We, want, we would rather live with an illusion of where, of where things are in our lives. And so we often, um, you know, we have the illusion, for example, that uh, the more valu valuables I have, the more valuable I am. So the more I own, the more I have, the more I acquire, the more valuable. People will think I'm more important. I will be more important. But actually, your value does not come from your valuables. And that's the truth. But if you don't accept that truth, you believe a lie. Yes, and we often buy into lies. Today, TV producers and movie producers, they go out and do what would they call docudramas. Yes? A docudrama, like a documentary that's a drama. Uh, yes? So, for example, what they do, they do a story on a real person, but what they're saying about that person is fictional. So it's a real person, but the facts that they've made up about it don't relate to that person. And so people are living in this, and they've got an, uh, an illusion. It's a fiction. And so people blend fact and fiction together all the time. In fact, quite a number of years ago, there was uh, an, um, uh, an author um, who was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist for the New York Times and a journalist for USA Today and for Washington Post. And he got caught saying that he'd made up the story. So in other words, um, he, he, he told stories that people thought were factual and people thought that they were real, but in actual fact, they weren't. They were just fictional, and so he'd made his name based on lies. Why isn't anybody upset about Dan Brown and the Da Vinci Code? Yeah, he says it's a novel, but in the beginning of the book, he actually says that it's based on true facts. The truth is that every one of those facts is a lie. They've all been disproved. In fact, there was a two-hour documentary on the Discovery Channel, um, which we know is not a Christian channel, debunking every one of the things that Dan Brown said was fact. But nobody's upset about that. Why? Because they're happy to have fact and fiction put together and merge the two together. So in other words, it's okay to lie about Jesus in our culture. It's okay to lie about the Catholic Church in our culture. It's, a lie, it's okay to lie about Mary Magdalene in our culture. That is the way our culture has been set up. Who do we idolize the most in our culture? Yes? Who, who are the people that we idolize the most? Uh, Craig's a great guy, so I'm not saying, but obviously he's an actor. But actors, generally, not Craig doesn't, although I think he might, like me, wish he got a bit more. But... But, um, but, but a lot of actors, why? Because they, they, they're giving us an illusion. They live, they, they portray to us. Now, I'm not against actors because I think it's good that we have people that can do that. So I'm not, I just want to kind of don't hear what, as John Andrews says, don't hear what I'm not saying. 
yes. So, um, but I'm just saying that we idolize. They, they, in fact, they have their own worship service called the Oscars, where they worship one another and bow down. How great you are! You've been so wonderful. And 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 um, and so in our society, we emulate them. But the people in our society that should be getting emulated, the doctors or the nurses, the school, school teachers, you know, some of these people that are doing awesome, awesome jobs, we just, we don't bother with them. We're not even mentioned. But we, we, we have people that are famous footballers that go around kicking a football. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not including the Leeds United players, of course, in that. But, 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 but what I'm saying is we, we, we put other people... Um, because we go into this fantasy world, don't we? And, um, and so we often live our lives through other people. So I can no longer play football, so I watch football, and I'm whoever it is on the player, and if they're playing well, that's me. Yes, if they're not playing so well, well, that's from Middlesbrough fans. So, <laughs> so it's an understanding in our culture that we often um, praise things and and lift things up that actually when other things ought to be getting um, the, the limelight. Yes, I believe that is true. So let me ask you a question. Where are you faking it? Yes? Or what are you faking in your life? Just ask yourself, where am I pretending to be something that I'm not or be something that I'm not? And we all do it. But I believe that God wants us to really to, to look at that, yeah? And to analyze that. Amen? Time's gone. Unbelievable. I just got started. I must waffle too much. That's my problem. Let's, we'll finish it there. Take your communication card. And we'll take it back up next week <coughs> with the next three. Um, so the week after that will be the... <laughs> <laughs> um, we might have finished it by the end of the year you never know <coughs> but just ask yourself a question as you fill in your communication card I just want you to ask yourself a question where am I being Im immature where am I passing the blame where am I not taking responsibility for the things in my life where is it that I'm allowing immorality in my life and maybe it might only be a little thing but you know that it's a slippery slope I don't know what that might be, but ask yourself that question. And maybe you just want to put on your communication card. There might be, you know, a, an area that you're able to put down. Or you might just put down what is God spoke, speaking to you down. You might just put um, immaturity or immorality or unreality. I'm living in, in, in a, a world because I'm not accepting the truth of God's word. I'm not accepting what is right and what is wrong. And so I'm just living a fantasy world. Um, Maybe, maybe one of those that you can just look at, yeah? Um, what is God speaking to you about? This is so important that you can, uh, you can look at that. Amen? Father, I just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you the way that it helps us to see truth uh, because you are the truth. We thank you that uh, you are our guide. You are our plumb line. And that uh, help us, Lord, to live according to your according to your plan, according to the rules that you have given. Help us to understand truth um, and not to change it uh, according to what we feel we, uh, we want to do. Lord, we, we stand here today and we sit here today, every one of us, knowing, Lord, that we've all twisted the truth. We've all 
lived in, in trying to pretend to be somebody else or to something else or that we can do something that we can't. And we recognize, Lord, that we have missed the mark, that we have uh, been, uh, we've gone astray, that we have, uh, Lord, uh, seen your truth decaying in our lives, in our families. And so, Lord, we pray today that you'd help us to reverse this. Help us to reverse it in our lives, in our families, in our connect groups, in this church, in this community, in this nation. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd help us to be a light, uh, Lord, in this dark world. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be salt so that, Lord, that others would see it and know the truth and the truth would set them free. I pray for this in Jesus' lovely name.